This morning, the sermon is entitled, Diving Into the Word. Well, inside each of us is the miracle of this. It's a human brain. Some interesting facts about your brain. Your brain weighs about three pounds. Not too heavy at all, just three pounds. Your brain is about the size of a cantaloupe. Some of you think it's a watermelon, but it's actually a cantaloupe. Your, your brain is the size of a cantaloupe. Here's something very interesting. Your brain processes 70,000 thoughts every single day. That's pretty amazing. Here's a super amazing fact. Your brain consists of 100 billion nerve cells, 100 billion neurons. That's the number of stars in our galaxy. That's pretty amazing. 100 billion nerve cells. Here's a fun fact. Your brain is so smart that it's impossible to tickle yourself because your brain knows the difference between someone else tickling you and you tickling yourself. Try it. If you don't believe me, try it right now. You just can't tickle yourself. Seriously, try it. Impossible. Now go ahead and tickle the person next. No, just kidding. Don't tickle the person next to you. But here's the most amazing fact about your brain. Your brain has the amazing capacity to have the mind of Christ. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. He says, but we have the mind of Christ. Think about that. No computer in the entire world will ever be able to think God's thoughts. No iPhone or Samsung device will ever be able to know God's heart. But the amazing instrument that's inside each of us, your brain, has the amazing capacity to have the mind of Christ. But here's the great tragedy of today's church. Christians without the mind of of Christ. And this tragedy comes because Christians are not programming the 100 billion nerve cells that God has given us. Christians are not spending time in God's Word on a regular basis. My message for you this morning is very simple, and it's this. Let us be men and women of the word. Let us be men and women of the word. In 2004, a friend gave me uh, this book to read. It's called The Heavenly Man. And God amazingly used this book to forever change the way that I engage my Bible. And I wanted to share a few paragraphs from this book with you. But before I do, let me just provide you with some context. Let me just give you some Chinese history. 
communist rule actually began in China in 1949. And Chinese Christians began to be persecuted for their faith. And things got worse over the years. So much so that in 1966, something terrible called the Cultural Revolution took place in communist China. The government banned all religion from China. And they began to crack down on churches. Bibles were destroyed. Chinese believers were arrested and imprisoned and tortured for their faith in Jesus Christ. And so this book is about during that time in China's dark history, the Cultural Revolution. And this book is the true story of a Chinese Christian. And his name is Yun. And Yun lived in China during the Cultural Revolution. Yun was arrested over 30 times. Yun was severely beaten, tortured, and persecuted for his faith. Yun spent many years in prison because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Now listen to what Yun writes. Yun writes, The Lord called me to follow him at the age of 16. The year was 1974, and the Cultural Revolution was still raging throughout China. At first, I didn't really know who Jesus was, but I seen him heal my father and liberate our family. I confidently committed myself to the God who had healed my father and saved us during that time. I frequently asked my mother who Jesus truly was. She told me, Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross for us, taking all our sins and sicknesses. He recorded all his teachings in the Bible. I asked if there were any words of Jesus left that I could read for myself. She replied, no, all his words are gone. There is nothing left of his teaching. This was during the Cultural Revolution when Bibles could not be found. From that day on, I earnestly wanted to have a, have a copy of my own Bible. I asked my mother and fellow Christians what a Bible looked like. But no one knew. One person had seen some hand-copied scripture portions and song sheets, but never a whole Bible. Only a few old believers could recall seeing Bibles many years before. The word of God was scarce in the land. I was hungry for a Bible. Seeing my desperation, my mother remembered an old man who lived in another village. This man had been a pastor before the Cultural Revolution. And so Yun and his mother, they go on a trip and they visit this old man in this other village. And then when they arrive, they ask this old man, can I see your Bible? And the old man looked at Yun with fear in his face. You see, this old man, he had been in prison for nearly 20 years for his faith. 
And in those days during the Cultural Revolution, you weren't allowed to read any other book except Mao's little red book. In fact, if you were caught with a Bible, your Bible would be burned and you and your entire family would be dragged into the middle of the village and severely beaten as an example. And so this man, he didn't want to risk it. And so instead, he said to Yun, Yun, if you're serious about wanting to have a Bible of your own, you better go home, get on your knees, and pray, and weep and fast to the Lord. So listen to what Yun writes next. He says, I went home. And every morning and afternoon, I ate and drank nothing. Every evening, I ate just one small bowl of steamed rice. I cried like a hungry child to his heavenly father, wanting to be filled with his word. For the next 100 days, I prayed for a Bible until I could bear it no more. My parents were sure I was losing my mind. My father held me tightly. With tears in his eyes, he cried to God, Dear God, have mercy on my son. Please don't let him lose his mind. I'm willing to be sick again if it will prevent my son from losing his mind. Please give my son a Bible. And then you, you, you wouldn't believe what happens next. There was a knock on the door. Standing there were two men. And one of the guys was holding a red bag in his hand. Listen to what Yun writes next. He writes, my heart raced as I opened the bag and held in my hands my very own Bible. I clutched my new Bible to my heart and fell down on my knees outside the door. I thanked God again and again. I promised Jesus that from that moment on, I would devour his word like a hungry child. Every day, from morning to late evening, I read the word of God. When I had to work in the fields, I wrapped my Bible inside my clothes and took every opportunity to sit down at, and read. At nighttime, I took my Bible with me to bed and laid it on my chest. Finally, I finished reading through the whole Bible. So I started memorizing one chapter per day. After 28 days, I had memorized the whole Gospel of Matthew. I read those same lines 10 years ago. And I remember tears began to well up in my eyes. And I said, oh God, forgive me for taking my Bible for granted. Forgive me for taking for granted my freedom to own and read a Bible. Lord, would you give me this kind of love 
this kind of hunger, this kind of thirst, this kind of passion for your word. And I remember making a commitment, making a covenant with myself at that very moment that I would be a man of the word. And that was 10 years ago. And today, 10 years later, I'm so much more in love with the word of God. For the past 10 years, I've been studying and reading and meditating on God's word. And I remember thinking to myself, if this teenager, Yun, if he can memorize all 28 chapters of the book of Matthew in 28 days, then surely I can memorize a few verses from the word of God. And so for the past 10 years, I've been memorizing God's word. Philippians chapter 1 goes something like this. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, Always in every prayer of my making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. But I want you to know, brethren that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former, out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter, out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. 
and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Friends, that's Philippians chapter 1, hidden on the tablet of my heart. When we have God's word hidden on the tablet of our hearts, we'll have ammunition against the enemy. We'll be able to recognize the counterfeit of Satan. We'll be able to identify the schemes of the devil. We'll be able to reject the enemy's lies because we filled our minds, the mind of Christ, with truth, with the word of God. Friends, let us be men and women of the word. Philippians chapter 2 goes something like this. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's Philippians chapter 2, the first portion, hidden on the tablet of my heart. The devil doesn't mind that you own a Bible. The devil just doesn't want you to know the Bible that you own. Because the devil knows that once you use it, he can't compete with it. On the words of a famous philosopher, you can't touch this. You guys know that philosopher, philosopher right? Let us be men and women of the word. Philippians chapter 3 goes something like this. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. 
Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's the first half of Philippians chapter 3, written on the tablet of my heart. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or even gifted people. The desperate need today is for deep people. And we cannot be a deep people if we are not spending time in the word of God on a regular basis. Let us be men and women of the word. Philippians chapter, three go, chapter 4 goes something like this. It says, therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore you, Daya, and I implore Sintik to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, 
these do. And the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then we all know this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the first half of Philippians chapter 4, hidden on the tablet of my heart. The thing is, you too can have God's word hidden on your heart. See, I'm no smarter than any of you sitting here. In fact, to be honest, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but guess how long it took me to memorize these four chapters of Philippians? Not overnight. Guess how long it took me? Over one year to memorize the book of Philippians. I'm a slow learner. But guess what? Do you think that that one year was worth it? You bet your sweet kimchi it was worth it. <laughs> At the first service, I said, I, I said, I'm hungry for some Korean food. And then, and then I had a stomachache in the between services. Oh, I shouldn't have said sweet kimchi. Sorry, Lord. Uh, okay. I'm just like you. I have the same 24 hours. I have a job. I have responsibilities just like you. But here's the secret. I stand in lines just like you. I wait at the doctor's office just like you. I'm cruising at the mall while my wife is sh busy shopping just like you. <laughs> and of course, I sit on the toilet just like you. <laughs> But here's the big difference. I don't squander those opportunities. I make the most of my time. And so instead of being on Facebook, or instead of surfing the internet, or instead of playing games on my iPhone, guess what I'm doing? I'm feeding and I'm nourishing my spirit. I'm studying and reading and meditating on and memorizing the word of God. You too can have God's word written on the tablet of your heart. Let us be men and women of the word.